With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to another Love Tennis Podlet. It's the... Very, very end of the third day of Wimbledon, traditionally the tiredest day on the Wimbledon calendar as we all just about reach the end of our respective tethers. But I'm still going, still here, uh, even if Calvin and George aren't. Uh, Loads to get through today. It's been a really busy day, culminating in a dramatic match featuring Andy Murray, which probably a phrase I could have said about 30 times over the last 15 years. Um... Let's start, though, with Novak Djokovic, the defending champion. He was up against Tanasi Kokinakis on centre court. It was a match that, you know, people walking in with me say, well, you know, Kokinakis is pretty exciting, you know, he's a shot maker. Could give Novak some problems. Uh, he did not. Novak, as he so often does when these matches come about against guys who, you know, we talk about could cause him problems... He started really quickly and he took all the air out of the match. He served absolutely brilliantly. Um, he he just looks so serene at the moment. You know, the way he moves, the way he hits. He only hit one ace, kind of incredibly. But he won 82% of points on first serve. He only lost 17 points on serve in the entire match. And he faced one break point compared to the 13 he created on the Kokonaki serve. I mean, he, he really did dominate... And I think I always find it most scary when Novak is serving really well. Because when he's serving well, he's very hard to beat. We know all about his resilience, his fitness, his ground strokes. And yeah, there's been the odd time when the forehand's been a bit wayward. But most of the time, if you're in a baseline battle with Novak, you're going to lose. But when he's, when he's serving well as well... You know, you sort of think if he has a bad serving day, you can maybe, maybe play some first strike tennis against him. But if he's serving well as well, you know, I still remember Francis TFO the first time he played him in Australia, I think it was. And I said, what do you think of his serving out there? It looks different. And he said, yeah, I never replayed really him before. And I was like, all right, Isner. More on John Isner's serve later. But I think people are always surprised and always forget how brilliant a server 
Djokovic is. It's kind of the same with Nadal, really. I think people really underrate the Nadal serve because they think of him as a clay quarter, someone who just starts the point with it. But actually, he's a very clever server, and I think tactically, Nadal is an extremely good server, whereas I think Djokovic has got a bit more to his serve. But yeah, hard to see anyone beating Djokovic at the moment. He's got Maimir Kekmanovic next up. Um, I mean, Kekmanovic took a set of him in Belgrade earlier this year, but pretty hard to believe he beats him at Wimbledon. Uh, quite a funny moment with Kekmanovic, by the way, earlier um, earlier today, actually, playing his... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, today it would have been, playing his second-round match. Uh, his coach, one of his coaches, is David Nobandian. Uh, and you know he couldn't get a seat. Kasmanovic was on one of the out, outer courts, I think court 15, which is one of the small courts. You know, there's about three rows of seats on either side of it, uh, between centre and number one. And Nobandian had to boot someone out of one of the benches just so he could get a seat on the court to see Kasmanovic beat Alejandro Tabio of Chile. Um, he's dropped a set in both his matches so far, so he's not playing perfectly against Milman and then Tabio. Hard to see him beating Djokovic on Friday, but stranger things have happened. Uh, moving on to the second match on centre, Emma Raducanu up against Caroline Garcia, beaten 6-3, 6-3. First of all, a word for Caroline Garcia. You know, I watched just about every ball of this match, and you know she's great to watch. She really is. As you, most of you will know, she's in great form. She won the title in. Bad Homburg, bad Homburg last week. Not good Homburg, as we always say. Uh, not the biggest field in the world, but she beat Elise Corne, she beat Bianca Andrescu, Sabine Lazicki as well, as someone you've not heard of in quite some time. Um, certainly someone I've not heard of in quite some time. Uh, so a decent run there, and then she's come here and pretty much just put the racket in the bag, driven to Wimbledon and got out and started playing again. She you know, hits the ball quite cleanly. She served very well. Um, she comes forward, she's not afraid to roll the dice at the net, and she she's really good at the net as well, and it kind of, well, I mean, I think, frankly, she could have stayed back and won that match, because Raducanu looked, she looked overpowered, frankly, and it, it's kind of starting to happen quite often, where she gets in these matches, and she doesn't have the weapons, it seems, anymore. You know, that forehand, which in the US Open run was something really special I'm told the numbers are down the ball she admitted afterwards at least today her ball speed wasn't where it needed to be to win that match certainly on the serve and I think kind of implicitly on the forehand um, I would certainly agree with that assessment I thought she didn't look like she was going to hit through anyone never mind Caroline Garcia as it was on the day so plenty to be concerned about uh, plenty to work on. Um, her defence was decent. I thought she got around the court well. You know, she does no grass reasonably well. and It should be a surface that suits her. Um, she was really good in press, I thought. I, I, kind of, when I was there, I didn't like it much. I didn't think she said much. But actually, looking back, there were some really interesting moments. Someone said, people know who you are now. How are you going to deal with that going forward? She says, I'll just get better. I'll just look at what's not working, what my weaknesses are, and improve them. It's good for me. These lessons are coming every single week. And I think that was, you know, that that is the game. It's it's losing matches and learning from them. What do you do? You either win or you learn, as I think the cliche goes. And, yeah, she's right. Uh, and the other thing that she said, which, you know, was quite interesting, and I think people will be interested to hear, 
was someone said, look, next time you step onto a Grand Slam court, it'll be a defending champion. How much has this week and the grass court build-up and all the home pressure helped you for that moment? And she said, there's no pressure. Like, why is there any pressure? I'm still 19, it's a joke. I literally won a slam. And then talked a little bit about New York. But I think that line in particular is very telling that, you know, she doesn't feel... It's a bit like uh, that Yelena Ostapenko quote where she said that her mother had been telling her why do you play with pressure? It's all the other girls who should be under pressure. You've already won a slam. Go out and enjoy it. And I, I hope that's how Raducanu is playing. Look, she needs to stay fit, first of all. She needs to get fitter and stronger and then rediscover some of that forehand because at the moment it's not really there. And it, it's a real shame, actually, because she's a great player. And I feel like at the moment she's not the player she was in New York. So... Hopefully she can rediscover some of that because, as I say, it was a little bit concerning today. Lots of work to do and we're not really sure where we're going to see her next. Um, she Obviously, not much precedent for where she might play. She played a couple of um, like challenger level 100s and 125s uh, before the US Open last summer. So we'll see. I don't think we'll see her any of those. But WTA is back at the City Open in Washington. Um, so we might well see her there. And then finally on centre, it was Andy Murray's turn. Um, he gave us everything. You know, he gives the classic Murray, the full Murray. He looked, and he does this, he's a bit like Djokovic, where he he can look completely dead and buried and then win a set out of nowhere. And that's kind of what happened. You know, Isner was doing what Isner does and hitting big serves, and Murray couldn't necessarily get near him despite having, I think, an 8-0 record against Isner. And then he won the third set, and he was bouncing around like a teenager. And it was huge celebrations when he won that third set. And, it, you know, it's really nice. I, I like seeing someone who just loves and cares about winning quite so much, because that that's, that's why we love sport, because we like seeing people enjoy themselves and care, and we want them to care as much as we do. And Murray cares a hell of a lot more than I think anyone on earth does about his own tennis, so... Um, it was great to see. I think it was always going to be unlikely he was going to get very far in this tournament. I I thought he could probably get to the fourth round because I thought he might get through someone like an Isner. I didn't think Sinner would get to the third round. He has now. So, yeah, what do I know? Isner was just being Isner on the other side of the net. I was going to say unapologetically, but he actually did hold his hands up after he won the match and said, sorry, you know, didn't mean to upset anyone. Um, he said he's not on centre very often, which, you know, there's a reason for that, mate. Tennis isn't great to watch. Um, he's also, by the way, probably going to break the all-time record for aces of 13,700 and something in his next match against Sinner. So um, he said, I don't think it's going to get me into the Hall of Fame. It certainly won't. But, uh, it, you know, it, it's something that will stand for a long time. And, and he said as much. He said he thinks that might might not go away for quite some time and you know it all counts and I think as I often say about players John Isner has got the most out of career that he could have done you know that poem that always gets associated with uh, with with Wimbledon which is if talking about the unforgiving minute and fulfilling that unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run I, I think John Isner has done that and I actually think that's what Andy Murray is making sure he has done too. He's making sure he has filled that unforgiving minute. 
he was as flat as I have seen him in a press conference for a long time afterwards. Uh, there is now this thing where you the moderator asks uh, the first question and it's usually just a sort of pop-up question, just a, a softball. Um, and Faye, who was running the press conference, she said, you know, Andy, tell us how you're feeling right now. And they usually just monologue for a bit. And he just said, yeah, pretty disappointed. And then stopped. At which point Faye turned to us in the room and went, anyone got a question? Uh, you know, which is a slightly um, daunting prospect. Fortunately, uh, Rob Moore is brilliant at asking the first question and always jumps in. So um, we were all right. Although on this occasion, I think it wasn't Rob off the top of my head which is very rare. Um, young lad called Joseph, who, yeah, fair play to him. He's from Tennis Head. He thinks he's still doing his um, qualifications as a journalist, and he just charged in, asked a decent question, and he got a decent answer out of Andy, and I thought we might be in monosyllable terms. Um, the only question anyone really wanted to ask was, will you be back at Wimbledon next year? He was a little bit evasive. He said, it depends on how I am physically, Physically, I feel good. Then we'll try to keep playing. It's extremely difficult with the problems I've had with my body in the last few years to make long-term predictions about how I'm going to be, even in a few weeks' time, never mind a year's. If physically I'm in a good place, I'll continue to play, but it's not easy to keep my body in optimal condition to compete the highest level. I think what that's a recognition of is that A, he's been injured a lot, and B, that he is starting to get tired of that. You know, he was so frustrated when he got COVID and couldn't go to the Australian Open. And he was so frustrated to have pulled that ab muscle, you know, just a week before Wimbledon. Which he, he thinks, you know, he says the injury's healed, but he said he didn't serve well enough against Isner. And obviously he wasn't able to serve for a large part of his prep for the tournament. And he didn't quite say it, but he certainly alluded to the fact that he was pretty rusty when it came to serving and the impact that had on him in the, the moments of, of real importance. So, yeah, I feel pretty sorry for him in that sense because I think he thinks he could have had a really good shot at this. He said last year, I'm not I'm not doing this to, you know, lose in straight sets in the th- third round. Well, I think he'd have taken losing in the straight sets in the third round because he only made it to the second. So a bit of soul-searching of him, I would think, but... Uh, We'll see him again. We'll see him at the US Open. I'm absolutely sure of that. Uh, and almost certainly before as well. A um, few other notable results to, to mention from today away from centre court. Uh, Alejandro Davidic Fakina went out to Yuri Vesely. Uh, he was given a point penalty um, right at the end of the match in the fifth set tiebreak for chucking a ball onto the next court. I mean, ADF, if nothing else, guarantees you drama. He's now he's played two five-setters at Wimbledon in a row. They both went to a final set tiebreak. He won the first one. He lost the second one. If you're ever at a loose end at Grand Slam, or frankly any tournament, and you want don't know who to go and watch, go and watch Alejandro Davidovich-Kina. It's always drama. Um, we also got Cam Norrie through in five sets against Jaume Munar. Came back from two sets to one down to, to beat the Spaniard. Uh, I had a couple of friends who I got tickets for at that um at that match, and they said they really enjoyed it, so, which I wasn't necessarily expecting them to, so uh, it was a, a bit of a beast. Um, great result for Tim van Rechthoven today as well. I remember he beat 
Daniil Medvedev and Rose Marlin to claim his first ever ATP title, went up 100 places in the rankings, and got a wild card for Wimbledon. Uh, he's just beaten Riley Apelka in four sets, and, and he's now got Nikolas Basilashvili. And I really think he could beat him. There's absolutely no reason. No reason why he couldn't. And then he might well play Novak Djokovic, and what a story that would be. So um, amazing stuff there. Uh, over in the women's draw, Jewel Niemeyer is through. Uh, another successful upset watch for me in the eye. Uh, you can always, by the way, every day I do an order of play for the eye, um, which I will always tweet in the morning, and it just runs you through all the big matches that day, when they are, um, and also features a couple of ones to watch and a couple of upset watches as well. Um, I've two from two in the last two days, uh, with Niemeyer beating Contavite, who in, in fairness was not fully fit, and she said that the doctors haven't diagnosed her with long COVID yet because it's not been long enough, but that she, her heart and her lungs are fine and she is still struggling with lots of fatigue. So um, all our very best to her and I hope she gets better soon, but quite concerning at the moment. Similarly concerning is the form of Garbina Muguruza, who had an awful time today. She lost 6-4-6 love to Greek Minnan. Um, it's pretty horrible to see of you know, a former Wimbledon champion, a former one, world number one, just with so little confidence in her game. Uh, Thirty-three unforced errors. She only won seven points in the second set. She was in tears on the court because she just couldn't get the ball in. It's really, really upsetting to see. You know, I've always loved watching Garbina Muguruza, a bit like Caroline Garcia. I loved watching her because she was so willing to come forward, um, and that was you know. It's a, something, a bit of a rarity in the women's game, certainly in the era when she was most successful. And, yeah, I just hope, hope she can sort out whatever's going on in her head at the moment. Um, lots of other pretty routine victories for Sakari, Kerber, Jabur, Yelena Ostapenko, Kalina Pliskova, all safely through. Uh, the women's draw not falling apart yet, while the men's draw <clears throat> really is, by the way, really is falling apart. Um, we are really starting to lack some uh, some star quality. Kasper Ruud, I didn't mention, by the way, he is also out, losing in four sets to Uga Umber, uh, who has now won consecutive matches for the first time since the Olympics, which is quite the stat. Um, in the second half, we're going to talk a bit about tomorrow and what's going on on Thursday and run you through the order of play there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quite a different look to centre court tomorrow. Uh, This is probably the slightly weaker side of the two draws, with it being the bottom half of the men's and the top half of the women's. But no shortage of entertainment, I'm sure. Uh, We're going to see Katie Bolter first up on centre court, up against Carolina Pliskova, which looks like a routine win for Pliskova. Until you consider Bolter actually beat her at Eastbourne nine days ago. So I think Katie Bolter's got a real chance of reaching her first ever Grand Slam third round here. Um, if she can reproduce that form, maybe play on the nerves of Kalyan Pliskova a bit. If she's not overwhelmed by centre court, which, you know, she's played on there before, I'm fairly certain. I think I've seen her play on there. So hopefully she'll be able to deal with the nerves of that and, and as I say, maybe play on the former finalist or last year's finalist a little bit as well. Rafa Nadal up against Ricardas Barankis. Be very surprised if we saw an upset there. Um, Nadal batted him, well, beat him at least in Melbourne earlier this year in the warm-up tournament that he won. So, very, very surprised to see anything other than a straight set victory there for Nadal. Uh, and Coco Goff is last on up against Mihaela um, Berzinescu. Um, Coco Goff is fast becoming the star that could save this tournament because uh, we are... Well, the women's draw, it's not falling apart, as I said, but... There are so many women in the draw who are very talented, but the general public do not know them. Wimbledon is always an opportunity to introduce them, but they know who Coco Goff is, and it will help us a lot if she goes deep. Uh, also worth mentioning, uh, Iga Shontek, who's out on number one tomorrow against Leslie Patanama Kirkova, the lucky loser uh, who came in after a COVID withdrawal. So that is uh, lucky indeed, and now she's going to take on the world number one, which feels less lucky that looks like a 37th consecutive win just waiting to happen uh, Jordan Thompson is on that court as well up against Stefano Tsitsipas who has dropped a set in the first round but is in good form on the grass in theory so um, a good test there because Jordan Thompson is a real handful he likes the grass he moves well on it um, gets a lot of balls he's an athletic guy I know Nick Kyrgios rates him very highly uh, and yeah, I just I just think that could be a an awkward afternoon's work for Stefan Sitsipas, albeit I think he will come through it. I don't think it'll be straightforward. On the outside courts, uh, plenty of entertainment. Um, probably most of the entertainment is going to come from Nick Kyrgios, as it so often does. He's on number two court. He's up against Filip Kranovic. He disgraced himself on Tuesday, quite frankly. The way he treated the line judge, the way he treated the refer- the umpire, um, spitting in the direction of all crowd members towards the end. Look, I get that Nick Kyrgios gets as good as he gives, but if you're going to give, you've got to kind of go both ways. And he said, look, it's not fair, they're disrespecting me. And then he disrespected them and he disrespected the line judge. And, you know, when it was put to him, that was the same. He he wouldn't accept that. So, yeah, a bit of flawed logic there. But look, he's playing Filip Krinovic. He got to the Queen's final, 
who appears to have learned how to play on grass overnight. And I think that'll be a really great match between two enterprising players. Um, Nick Kyrgios is like him or hate him, and I'm really currently in the latter part of that. Uh, he is a very talented guy. Uh, he is also one of the players you can play as on Match Point Tennis Championships, which you will, I hope, be aware of by now. It comes out on the 7th of July on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. It's also going to be on Xbox Game Pass from day one. Uh, it's an immersive tennis sim. It's packed with dynamic gameplay features. It's focused on creating a true-to-life on-court experience for its players. And to be honest, I've played it quite a lot. I would suggest it's not far off. Uh, without actually being on court, it's pretty good fun. Uh, you can create your own player and play through a season. Uh, you get all the scheduling decisions, whether to go and play a challenger tournament or whether to take a risk and play a bigger tournament if you've qualified. Um, obviously, you can then get your ranking up, start getting to Grand Slams. That's really good fun. Or you can just pick up a player and play. You know, there's loads of licensed players on there. Nick Kyrgios, as I mentioned, uh, Daniil Medvedev, Carlos Alcaraz, Amanda Alisamova, Heather Watson's on there too. Got Binya Muguruza. Maybe you can get Muguruza out of her form slump. Uh, but please do give it a go. It's it's great fun. Uh, I can highly recommend it. And I'm not just saying that because they're sponsoring the pod and allowing us to do all these extra episodes. It really is a good laugh. It's match point tennis championships. It's uh, You can pre-order it now from game. Uh, it comes out on the 7th of July when you can just buy it. Uh, get your gear and get ready for an authentic gameplay and an immersive tennis experience. Pre-order it now. What else is going on tomorrow? Who else is playing? Um, we've got Harriet Dart up against Jessica Pagula. That's going to follow Kyrgios and Karinovic. Uh, Simona Halep and Kirsten Flipkins. I would say if you're at Wimbledon tomorrow and you're trying to get on a court, potentially go and try and get on half of three, which is un, uh, unreserved. You might get to see Liam Brody upset Diego Schwartzman. I'm not saying it's going to happen. And they're two quite similar players. But Brody has played him before. I spoke to him the other day about it. He says he thinks he understands that match a lot better now than he did at the time with the kind of benefit of experience. They obviously it was obviously at Wimbledon twelve months ago. He did win the first set and then Schwartzman took it away from him, quite frankly. But I think Liam's a much better player now than he was then. And I think you might see something different from him. I'm not sure what, and I'm not going to try and guess what, but I really think he's got a chance of doing some damage there. Um, maybe more than Alistair Gray, who's taking on Taylor Fritz. That's an 11 o'clock match. I know Jack Draper beat Fritz, and by the way, Jack Draper's playing Alex Dimonur, and I've barely mentioned it, but we'll hopefully talk to Calvin about it um, afterwards tomorrow, after the fact. Um, yeah, I really, I'm really not sure that Alistair has got this in him, but... It'll be a great experience for him. Uh, it's a massive deal for him to get the second round of Wimbledon. It's going to make his uh, new apartment with Ryan Penniston maybe a bit bigger. I think they're going to move in together after Wimbledon and, and rent somewhere, the doubles partners. Um, hell, if he beats Taylor Fritz, it'll be a much bigger apartment, put it that way. Um, the other one I wanted to point people to, potentially to watch, is Bianca Andrescu up against Elena Rybakina. Um, Rebecca is the seeded one there, but Andrescu, I think, is probably the better player on grass. Nevertheless, Rebecca is really good to watch. She hits the ball brilliantly. Um, I think that could be a real, that might be the match of the day for me, actually, um, away from the show courts. So that's over on 12, probably at about 
1130. I think that's all we've got time for today. Um, it's getting very late indeed. Thanks so much for listening as always. Please do leave us a rating or a review and we'll be back tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.